And welcome back to another edition of what I like to call from nonsense to God sense as we take a look at the things that go on in this world and we look at them through a biblical perspective in an effort to try to understand sometimes the craziness that goes on in this world. And I'm joined with Dan Delzell. And Dan, one of the things that we've been focusing on is hardship. You know, basically we've been going through this COVID-19 and then we've been dealing with uh, some protesting lately. And now we're going to, and then we've been mentioning some some stuff about Easter and getting into some theology as well. But today we're going to talk about something that I think is going to be interesting, and I hope we can keep it simple enough for people, if they don't understand what it is we're talking about, they can get an idea of what it is we're talking about without being too theological, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that, uh, that came up is, you know, we've talked about good versus evil, and we've talked about how you know, there's a balance between good and evil in this world. And we've talked in the past about when God created the universe. In fact, let's go back before he created the universe. You know, he had his angels and Satan then in his uh, infinite wisdom, so to speak, thought he would be like God or want to be like God. And eventually he fell and uh, was kicked out of heaven. His, uh, his angels, his followers went with him. And so now we have the earth being created. And so before the earth was created, you had Satan and you had now God, this two different uh, spectrums going on. And then um, God creates creation and then he puts Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And then he says, do not eat from this tree, of which they do. Satan tempts them and they eat of the tree. Sin enters the world. And now we've got a corruptible society that God did not intend for it to be with his creation originally. And so now that's kind of the you know, theology creation for dummies in a way about how good versus evil kind of gets here. We had God creating everything perfectly because it says Uh in Genesis, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he saw that it was good. And even before that, when he created, you know, the angels, you know, Lucifer decided that he wanted to be opposite of God. And so now he's became Satan and is evil. And so now we got this good versus evil. And it's always a conversation that goes back and forth with a lot of people is, you know, why is there good? Why is there evil in the world? Why does God allow evil? And so one of the things that comes up then is, does God ordain evil, which means God makes it happen, I guess, in a way, is what the mm-hmm. thought is. Or right. does God just permit it or allow it to happen because of the free will and the free choice that we have because of Adam and Eve sinning, then sin enters the world. So that's kind of, if that makes sense, what we'd like to talk about today. And, um, and I got a clip here that we'll play to kind of premise everything, but just any initial thoughts as we get going here. Well, just, it's great to be with you again, Son, and what a, what a great topic. And I think we, we will be able to address in a way that hopefully, um, you know, listeners will be able to um, get a good handle on what we're talking about. You know, we've talked recently uh, about even like my article, you know, why didn't God prevent COVID-19? And, and, and we talked in that just as you just explained, Son, that, um, you know, God, uh, God has allowed uh, both angels and human beings to make free will choices. And, and uh, because of the choices made initially by, um, by God's angel who, uh, you know, Lucifer and, and uh, now, you know, the devil, uh, because of his choices and then the choices he tempted Adam and Eve to make, um, sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, the Bible says. And, and so, you know, the biggest question people have worldwide is why does God allow so much suffering? And it's just interesting, as we'll discuss today, that you have some Christians who want to stress the sovereignty of God so much, which, you know, you and I both hold to, you know, God is sovereign, of course. 
but they want to stress it to the point of, of not only saying that God is, is sovereign over all, but that he, um, he, he basically ordains even the evil things that happen to happen. He decrees them to happen. He wills them, it would seem, to happen according to their view, which, you know, I just find astounding that anyone could, could believe that, and, and, you know, any Christian, at least, could, could believe that. And yet there are Christians who do believe that, as I'm sure we'll hear in these, you know, these, uh, you know, a clip or two today here as we talk about it. But yeah, that, that kind of seems to be where we're, we're drilling down a bit today here, Son, is, um, you know, we know that God is good. We know that there's evil in the world. Um, why? Is it merely that God allows it? Or does God have a bigger role to play than just merely allowing it? And so R.C. Sproul was asked that question, you know, where does evil come from? Did God, does God ordain evil or does he allow it mm-hmm. to happen? You know, does he make it happen or does he just allow it to happen? And so here's the clip. And again, it's not to cast uh, R.C. Sproul in a negative light, right. but it's a, it's a topic right. that can be confusing to people because it does get down to the basic of the question, if God is good, why does there... Yeah. Why is there evil? Why does he allow evil? And a lot of people yeah. will use that question to refrain from following God. Well, I can't follow a God that allows evil to right. happen. And so it's very right. a fundamental question that needs to be addressed because there's some people that really decide they don't want to follow God because if God allows evil, if he ordains uh-huh. it, then they want nothing to do with him. So here's the right. clip from R.C. Sproul and his comments that's going to be the basis for a conversation here today. Okay. You know, the, one of the interesting things we find in the problem of concurrence in the Old Testament where the classic example is the issue of Joseph and his brothers and at that final climactic encounter, Joseph said, you meant it for evil. That was your intent. God meant it for good. Now, when evil comes into the world by God's design and by God's sovereign will, Evil is truly evil, and it's a sin to call evil good or good evil. But when God decrees that evil should occur, it is good that it occurs. That's the whole point that's been spoken here, that even though evil is evil, it is good that evil exists, or it couldn't be here. Because God ordains it, and God is altogether good, and he only ordains that which is good. Evil is evil, but it's good that it, it is here, or he would not ordain it. So again, R.C. Sproul commenting there, and from what I, my take from it is, is that he is basically saying that God makes evil happen in a way. Is, yes, that, is uh, that what he's saying? Know, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, R.C. Sproul... Uh, who is now gone to be with the Lord, but uh, R.C. Sproul is a Calvinist, um, is is stating a point that I do not believe can be supported by by Scripture. Uh, it was interesting how even twisted up he seemed to get on on the word good. Uh, you know, on one hand he's saying, you know, um, you've got evil and you've got good, and you should never call evil good. But then he turns around and, and he says, but, but when God, as he says, ordains it, then it is good that it happens. Um, this is not only unhelpful, uh, it does nothing to add to um, the biblical case for God's sovereignty or God's goodness 
or God's uh, love and faithfulness, in my opinion, at least, uh, I, I don't see how it, it in any way uh, adds one thing to that case, which the Bible makes consistently. Uh, you, you, you know, um, you, you mentioned the, the garden there with Adam and Eve, son, and, uh, you know, in, in Genesis 2, um, the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. So what I hear R.C. Sproul saying basically is that while God on one hand commanded man, you must not eat from this tree, uh, in the next breath, God ordained that it happened. And because God ordained that, um, it's good that it happened because it makes God's um, glory shine even brighter. Um, I think that is not only a very tough sell, I think it's a very um, just unfortunate uh, message uh, that, that does not truly um, advance the glory of God at all. The glory of God is about righteousness and truth. And, and just because man gets the blame for his choice, just because, uh, you know, Lucifer gets the blame for his decision to rebel in heaven, that in no way lessens God's sovereignty. Um, all that means is that with their free will, they chose something which God called evil. And, and, and so what I hear R.C. Sproul saying is that, well, you know, uh, God designed it for Adam and Eve to do that. God designed it uh, and, and really ordained and decreed that, that, you know, Lucifer would do that. And, and so he used the example of Joseph and his brothers uh, and, and tried to make the case that in his mind, you know, God caused um, the brothers to sell Joseph uh, and, and, and so forth. Uh, well, again, that, that kind of gets us started in here, Sam, but yeah, I, I, I certainly do not agree with, you know, the way R.C. Sproul uh, understands God's sovereignty uh, in relationship to, to good and evil. Now, one time Billy Graham was asked the question, you know, about God and evil. The question was, you know, who's to blame for all the evil in the world, God or the devil? And Billy Graham came back with this answer, and it was an article that was posted and so there's no audio for it, but it's attributed to Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. Billy Graham says, let me assure you that God is not responsible for evil in the world, nor will he ever do anything evil or wrong, yeah. nor does God ever tempt us to do evil or make us do anything wrong. Ultimately, evil comes from Satan, who is absolutely opposed to God and to everything good. Yeah. And so I think even there with Billy Graham talking about it, it's that, you know, it goes back to the fact that we have a fallen world and because of the fallen world and with Satan running around like a lion seeking whom he may devour, that evil yeah. originates. Now, God might allow for those things to happen you know, to Satan right. to run around, but he doesn't say, OK, Satan, go and do this, because that's what I guess, in my opinion, that's yeah. what ordaining evil would be is God telling Satan to go and do these things. And he doesn't do that. Well, and, and, you know, son, exactly. And, and we could list thousands of examples that we would find to be truly offensive uh, if, in fact, God did ordain evil. When I say offensive, what I'm primarily saying is not, not only offensive to us, but more importantly, offensive to God. Most importantly, uh, by far. For example, 
are, are we to believe that while on one hand God commands, you know, his people, but, but really everyone in a sense, but the Ten Commandments were given to God's people. Um, I mean, we're the ones in the family. So God commands his people um, not to take his name in vain. Um, are we to believe that then God ordains and decrees that in certain cases, some of his people, you know, uh, take the Lord's name in vain? I, I think this is, this is an absurd way to try to explain, you know, the cause of evil. Uh, and by the way, when I say, you know, we're the ones in the family, I, I, I'm not suggesting that, you know, somehow we're, you know, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're the, the people God loves. He doesn't love the rest of them. All I meant by that is um, God loves all of us, but that some words are spoken, especially to those in his family. Uh, you know, I will say this, though, about, you know, about Calvinism and, and the, the brand of Christianity, you know, that R.C. Sproul, um, you know, promotes. Um, they, as part of their doctrine, they are convinced that Jesus only died for those who will believe in him and not for um, the sins of others. In other words, there are certain ones that, um, uh, you know, that Christ died for. They, they, you know, they, they call this limited atonement. Um, and so what Billy Graham believes and, and what you and I and, and many Christians believe, son, is that Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. And the Calvinist position, which I, I completely disagree with, is that um, Christ only died for what they call the elect. Um, and, uh, and, and, and yet the Bible makes it very clear that, that Christ died for sins once for all. So, so there are some issues with Calvinism that, that, that many people who look at the Bible and believe the Bible the way, let's say, Billy Graham does, and many other Christians, including myself, and I, and I know you as well, Son, um, you know, we, we, we take issue on, on some of these points while acknowledging that, um, you know, there are people in that camp who, uh, I mean, you know, many, many people in that camp who, who are knowing and trusting Jesus as their Savior. And I will also say that I've even, you know, heard of people, for example, who identify themselves as four-point Calvinists, uh, you know, and they're, you know, five-point Calvinists, um, that, that, that believe, you know, five key, uh, doctrinal points, but, but a fourth point Calvinist would say, you know, but at least most of them, but, but I don't, I don't accept, um, the doctrine of, of limited atonement. In other words, that Jesus only died for certain people. Cause you know what that would mean, son, is that there are some people from the day they're born into this world, they have absolutely no possibility of being redeemed by the blood of Jesus because God has already predetermined, already predestined uh, that they will not be part of his eternal family. And this is where, you know, hardcore Calvinism, um, I, I, I find to be um, quite offensive on, on, on certain points, including this point we're talking about today, you know, where, where God, you know, becomes the, the cause of, 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 of evil, uh, supposedly so that his glory can shine brighter. Uh, and then also where Christ only died for, for some and not for all. So, uh, again, this is more of kind of an in-house debate among Christians, um, you, you know, and, and I, I would have to say that um, I certainly think, you know, the, the majority of Christians, certainly in the world, uh, you know, do not subscribe to um, some of those hardcore uh, aspects of Calvinism. Um, at least that's my sense that the, the, the majority of Christians certainly do not subscribe to that. But having said that, uh, I'm not suggesting that, that, 
even those who believe what R.C. Sproul believed, uh, you know, when he was on earth, I'm not suggesting that he didn't love the Lord just as much as you and I, you know, we're going to, we're going to be with him forever in eternity. I'm convinced certainly that he, he knew the Lord as a savior, but I, for the life of me, um, you know, this idea that God decrees, ordains evil and that Christ only died for some, um, I, I, I believe that not only isn't found in the scripture, I believe that is contradictory to what uh, we have uh, given to us in God's word. Dan Delzell with me talking about basically does God ordain or basically mandate, I guess, if you want to use another word, evil in this world. And Dan, going back a little bit to what you said, you said God gives us the Ten Commandments and other you know, rules, so to speak, to follow. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the, you know, taking his name in vain and then yeah. ordaining or making it happen so that we violate that. Right. You know, I mean, that, yeah, that doesn't make sense. So now, but let's take no. that on a, a, a more egregious level. So if God yeah. ordains evil, then that means that God created man in his image. And we talked about what, but what being in God's image is like more of like the heart and soul of it. And so then he creates Adam and Eve, and then the world happens, and we go from there through history, and then we come to World War II. So that means God yeah. made Hitler right. kill all the Jews right. at right. Auschwitz right. and all the yeah. other concentration camps. And there was an article that, uh, that you sent that was talking about um, you know, believing a religion or theology mm-hmm. and preaching it at the gates of Auschwitz. And, and believe in that. So if this is the case, if God does ordain evil, then that means everything that happened in Auschwitz, God made happen. And I don't think anybody can reconcile themselves with the fact that saying God made that happen versus the sin in this world and allowing it to happen, two different things. But that's what it's saying. It's saying, okay, God, God said, don't, don't take my name in vain, but now I'm going to make you do it. Um, yeah. And then it's yeah. going back to then allowing things such as the Holocaust was six million Jews were killed because of just yeah. who they are. And that means then, according to yeah. what R.C. Sproul is saying, um, yeah. in this particular instance, it's almost saying, like, God yeah. made people do this. And I just don't think that's, right. uh, you know, reasonable. Yeah, I certainly agree, Son. And, and you know what? Let, let's, go, let's go maybe to that one case that would be unlike any other. And I, and I think your, your point of... Uh, of Hitler is a very good one, uh, and it really helps to illustrate the point you and I really are are, are making on this. But let, let, let's go to uh, the, the most um, important act in history where both good and evil were were on full display. Let, let's go to the cross, and, and let's think about that for a minute, because on one hand, we know that it was God's plan, you know, from the beginning, the Bible tells us, you know, to, to send his son to redeem us, um, that it was God's plan to send his son here to suffer and to die, you know, because we had sinned. Okay, so so let's examine that for just a moment. So was that, was what happened to Jesus on the cross, was that good or was that evil or was that both? And, and you know, there's no other event in the history of the world, obviously, that can even come anywhere close to that 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 key um, point of history. It, it, it's the key point of God's plan of salvation throughout history, and and so we would certainly say that God ordained that it happen. God decreed that it would happen. Again, this is you know after man sinned. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm not saying that God decreed or ordained that Adam and Eve sin, or that, or that Lucifer sin, 
but but that God decreed that Christ suffer and die. So in that sense, it was going to take some people, um, you know, uh, those who falsely arrested him and and tried him and the Roman soldiers who were involved in his execution. So it's going to take people doing something that, uh, you know, I think we would certainly say, well, that was evil. They were they were carrying out an evil act against not only a good man, but the only perfect man in, in history, the God man, the son of God. So so there we see both good and evil. But even in that, I guess I, I would look at that and I would say not not really that God caused those evil people to do that, but God allowed there to be um, through their hatred of Jesus. God allowed them to go through with their uh, murderous uh, act against Jesus. And but there was no doubt that that was going to happen. Um, that that was going to take place. Uh, now, if, if, if for just a minute we can step back to like Pharaoh for a second, and the Bible talks about you know God hardening Pharaoh's heart. And while that's true, um, I, I guess I would be inclined to make the case that before God hardened Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh had hardened his own heart by his own free will to oppose the things of God. Um, uh, at whatever point in his life he started doing that. Uh, but, but I think with Pharaoh, we, we see a case where, um, it, it would be hard to argue against the fact that God was involved, uh, with that, uh, with the hardening of his heart. Um, but, um, at the same time, I think we, we would have to be very careful that, that we don't ever attribute, uh, something that is evil as, as being done by God that he, you know, he allows it. I mean, yes, who wouldn't agree with that, that he allows it. But, but to say he ordains it, that he decrees it, um, you know, this to me just goes way too far. And, and now all of a sudden it's like, you know, as R.C. Sproul, you know, demonstrated there in his talk there, you know, you, you don't, you, what, kind, what does good mean then? I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to define good as, as, as right and holy, but then you start saying, well, but if God does it, it's good that he did it. So now you're saying it's good that, that uh, according to R.C. Sproul, that, that God caused really Hitler to do that. Now, now uh, again, I go back to the cross and I would just say, well, you know, what caused those uh, Roman soldiers to do what they did? What caused those people who opposed Jesus to do what they did? Well, it was their own hatred. And, and so God allowed for their hatred to fulfill his plan. I mean, one way or the other, God's plan was going to be accomplished. And, and, and the fact that Christ was coming to die for sinners who were a long way from God, it certainly would not have been hard for God to, um, you know, to, 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 to find some people whose hatred uh, w- would lead them to murder the Savior. So, uh, again, uh, that, that event of the cross, we see um, that's the ultimate pinnacle of God's sovereign will being accomplished. Um, but, but um, you know, there's a reason, Son, why we call it Good Friday. You know, we don't call it Evil Friday. We call it Good Friday. And, and, and so, on one hand, we would say well, what they did wasn't good. I mean, when Jesus was flogged, that wasn't good, but it was necessary. Um, when Jesus was crucified, it wasn't good, but it was necessary. So because it was necessary for us, that's what makes it good. Now, if R.C. Sproul is attempting to make that point, then I could understand, and I, I would be one, too, that would kind of struggle with, as we define the cross, you know, which part of that was evil, which part of that was good, um, which part did God, you know, really decree. But, but to me, that's a long cry from 
trying to, um, you know, put the word ordain on, on evil acts of men that are, are not about the, the, the one event that had to happen for our salvation. So, so in that, in that sense, you, you really can't even, you really can't even compare that to anything else because it was so unlike everything. It was where good and evil came to the ultimate crossroads. You know, I mean, everything, the climax of history, everything was exploding right down the cross. So even though I refer to it, you know, that, that would be the toughest one to maybe, you know, fully wrap our minds around, you know, what role did good play? What role did evil play? Well, evil men crucified a good savior, a perfect savior, and that was God's good plan. And it certainly was not e- an evil plan of God. Uh, it was a good plan. I mean, it, it was a merciful plan. So, um, you know, I, it's, I, think it's, I think it's unfortunate that, that maybe folks like R.C. Sproul would choose with their free will to attribute evil to God ordaining it. I, I just think that's very, very unfortunate. Dan Delzell with me. And Dan, one of the things that I think is kind of interesting with that, you mentioned the cross, and I think that, mm-hmm. first of all, I think it's it was God's necessary backup plan because originally his plan for yeah. creation was to be perfect. And then once Adam and Eve fell, then it got to the point where man can no longer save himself, so he needed to intervene. And then yeah. that was his perfect plan for intervention. And so I yeah. think, you know, like you said, that's the one place where ordain, not ordain, you know, could be debated. But here's the thing that I kind of find found yeah. interesting in doing a little bit of research for this was that I think yeah. when you go back to Genesis fifty twenty, I think there's some correlation between Joseph and Jesus and the, and yeah. the, and the stories. Okay. The first yeah. correlation is that, okay, Joseph was thrown in the pit because the people hated him. His brothers hated him. And so they wanted mm-hmm. evil to happen to him. And yeah. so I think, like you said, you know, in, in Jesus's case, the people hated him and they wanted evil to be done to him. But I think when you go right. back and not to get all uh, academic on people, but I think it's, yeah. you know, when you start to look into the Hebrew of it, it's mm-hmm. like it goes from instead of, you know, what you meant or what you intended, it's like, mm-hmm. Their actions, I think it was a comparison to like a weaver, which I know people are like, what's a weaver? We don't know what a weaver is. Yeah. So like a sower. Yeah. So yeah. the intent was that Joseph's brothers, they wanted to sow evil, but then God uh, re-sowed it to something good. So he took yeah. something that was bad and he reworked it and re-roved it into something good. And I think that's yeah. kind of what the cross is for creation. You know, God intended something for good. It went bad. And so he had to yeah. re sew the thing, rewove it into something good. And I think that's yeah. something that when you, for me personally, when I saw that, that, uh, um, analogy that God is the master weaver. And yeah. so people are trying to do yeah. something to weave evil into our lives. God can turn around yeah. and rework it into something yeah. good and create something good right. that comes from it out of those circumstances. Because I think that one of the things yeah. that we like to do is we like to, we like to think in absolutes. Okay. So right. this is an absolute, uh, Joseph is an absolute evil that happened to him. Uh, Jesus yeah. dying on the cross was an absolute evil that happened to him, but then God right. was able to rework it for something good. And then, Amen. You know, and then to be honest, you know, we don't really know the aftermath of Jesus the resurrection on the people that crucified him and on the people that jeered for jeered, jeered him and all that stuff. We don't really know what happened to right. those people. So we don't right. know. Did they come? Did, were they, you know, were they through that act of the crucifixion? Were they even saved? 
um, through that act of the resurrection, yeah. those people yeah. that jeered him, did they come to know him? Be like, oh my gosh, this is somebody right. that, you know, he was telling the truth. I mean, we don't really know. Yes, yes. So again, yes, God reworked something that could have benefited right. even those people that, you know, crucified Jesus. Right. Well, and it makes me think, Son, of that very familiar uh, scripture passage in Romans eight twenty eight that all things work together for good to them that love God. Now, now that to me is a far cry from what R.C. Sproul was, was saying in terms of God ordaining evil. Romans 8.28 is saying that whatever happens, and not everything is good, and even R.C. Sproul admitted that, you know, that, that, that there are evil things that happen. So he does go that far. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, say that everything that happens is good. So he, ha- he, he's willing to go out on the limb and actually identify there is such a thing as good. There is such a thing as evil. Okay. Um, and what Romans 8.28 says is that, is that God will take whatever happens in a believer's life and, um, and work it for our good. Now I'll say this son, one other thing I'll add to that. Okay. And I, I've, I've told folks this, you know, in, in, uh, uh, Bible class or, or in a, in a message, you know, on Sundays before, what I've said to folks, and I believe this is biblical, I've said for the believer now, for the believer, um, nothing can come into our life unless it first passes through the hand of God, um, and, and whether that be the cancer that Robbie Zacharias, uh, you know, had in his life, whether, you know, let's say a person is involved um, in a traffic accident that, you know, just, you know, they're driving along all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're struck by a drunk driver or, I mean, I mean, you, you, we could list all sorts of cases. Um, I, I, I don't believe that we as believers, son, uh, I, I certainly don't believe that, that we're just left to chance or to luck, good luck or bad luck. I believe we are in God's hands and, and I believe it, anything that, that comes at us that way, um, it, it, it has to first pass through his hand that he allows it. Now, I'm not saying he causes it. Uh, I, I'm not saying that he, yeah, and again, I, I would go to, I would go to Job as an example of this. I mean, um, you know, what, what the afflictions that Job endured, they passed first through the hand of God. In fact, Satan knew he had to have permission from God before he could do anything. Um, and, and so in that sense, you know, we talk about like there being a hedge uh, about us as Christians. Okay. Um, I believe we have that. And, and um, you know, there are Christians, for example, son, uh, they have that hedge about them and yet they're martyred for their faith. Okay. So what happened? Did God kind of lose track of them? Did Satan win that one? Did, did, did Satan outsmart God? Uh, no, I would say, um, in the case of a Christian martyr, that that first went through the hand of God, um, that he allowed that to happen. Um, and, and that in that sense, um, certainly that, that, that God uh, is sovereign over that. Now, that may almost sound uh, maybe slightly contradictory to what to what we've been saying today or what I've been saying about, um, you know, God. God not not choosing uh, evil, but but um, again, what we're saying is sometimes bad things happen to good people, and then let's just say bad things happen. Let's just say Christian people, and by that I mean people in God's family. Um, sometimes bad things happen to us, um, and, and and I'll tell you, son, I, I don't quite understand how that works um, in the realm of the unbeliever. What I mean by that is this. Um, is the unbeliever just at, I hate to use this term, but at the mercy of Satan? In other words, you know, how much, if any, hedge is around the unbeliever? Um, what sort of, you know, uh, things 
or permission, if you will, what God has to give for certain things to happen. Unbelievers, that's a little bit tougher. Um, and, you know, and if somebody were to say to me, you know, Dan, hey, I think the same thing is true with every unbeliever. That, that you know, I, you know I, I wouldn't necessarily debate that point, um, but, but I, I personally am not as convinced there. Um, I, I, and, and what I'm really saying is that once you're in the family of God, um, you, you're not just at the mercy of whatever else is going on out there in the universe. God has you in his eternal hand. Now, that doesn't mean uh, as, as, you know, these uh, uh, prosperity, uh, health and wealth uh, folks want to say that, well, you know, um, if you have enough faith in God, you're not going to have any of these problems. You know, well, okay, try, try telling that to, uh, you know, Robbie, uh, Robbie Zacharias or Nabil, the apologist who um, uh, passed away back in 2017 and worked for their ministry, uh, also uh, an Indian uh, uh, Christian. You know, try telling them that, well, you know, if you just had enough faith, yeah, you know, you don't have to have this happen. So there are still very deep mysteries that we don't understand about, you know, things like sickness and why certain Christians maybe die when they do or go through things they go through. But I, I do believe, at least for the Christian, Son, that, that, that God um, is not going to allow um, anything, uh, you know, bad come into our life like that. And I'm talking now about, like, let's say sickness or or something else, maybe uh, an accident, or you know, um, you know, even even maybe the loss of a job. Uh, although, again, sometimes that might, you know, I guess it depends on what what role did the individual play. Um, you know, I mean, if, if somebody walks in and cusses out their boss, and they and then they lose their job because of it, you know, um, you know, that wasn't so much God allowing it as much as just God watching it happen as it played out. And now he's going to take care of the person who made a bad decision to cut their boss off, you know? So, so there are a lot of, uh, a lot of things going on there, but uh, at the end of the day, we can trust that we are in God's eternal hand and the one who has a safe for eternity hasn't just left us to the, the whims of the world or Satan or disease or anything like that. We trust that God's watching out for us and whatever, well, whatever comes our way, uh, our goal is to, is to trust him completely and, and even if it's something like what Robbie Zacharias went through, you know, Robbie at 74 years of age, um, trusted the Lord all the way to the end. And, and we'll get to see him, you know, uh, one day when we get to heaven. Dan Delzell with me talking about uh, God ordaining evil or did he? And Dan, I think one of the things that we get the trap that we get caught up in is that we think that everything that happens here on earth is going to stay here on earth. Kind of like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And we forget the, we forget the context of all eternity. You know, you take something like you mentioned, Nabil Koresh, he was, uh, he was uh, Muslim and he, yeah. you know, sought, he had a book, uh, uh, seeking Allah, finding Jesus or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it basically mm-hmm. changed his life, became a Christian. And so his family yeah. kicked him to the curb because of that. And then yeah. last I heard through his illness and through his death, his family started to kind of recognize God and recognize Jesus. And so who knows? So in a case like that, we might, right. we might right. look at the prism of this world, but yet God, and we say, okay, the cancer is evil. Did God ordain right. it? Well, maybe God took right. it and made it good because if we look through the prism of eternity, Nabil dying 
because of, and we've talked about it too, natural laws. You know, my friend Chris, when he yeah. died in a car accident, you know, Ben Ogilvie, yes. uh, I mean, sorry, yeah. uh, Lloyd Ogilvie, Ben Ogilvie used to play baseball back in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> right. Lloyd Ogilvie was saying that, you know, yeah. God set up natural boundaries, natural laws on this earth, and we go outside those things, then bad things right. can happen. And so, right. um, and so, you know, illness is, is, is a part of that uh, natural law. So maybe through that prism of illness, God yeah. uses it for good for eternity because then he brings people yeah. to him through that calamity. Yeah. And so I think yeah. one of the traps that we fall into is we look at things through this earth that what happens here yeah. stays here when in reality we have to look yeah. at it through the prism of eternity and what God allows happen to here uh, allows to happen here on earth could yeah. have effect in eternity. And that's where the you know the payoff yeah. so to speak comes from. You, you, you know, Son, I, I think uh, um, one of the things that, that can help us kind of at this point, too, as we think about this, you know, you and I were listening to that to that clip by uh, by Albert Moeller, uh, who's a longtime Southern Baptist, a seminary uh, president and leader in the Southern Baptist Church. And kind of in contrast to R.C. Sproul, you know, they were they were having a, a dialogue with. Um, in fact, uh, uh, I think, yeah, Robbie Zacharias may have even been on that panel, but, um, but yes, uh, I thought Albert's quote in response to that was, was excellent and something that I, I think really nails it. Okay. So here it is. Here's Albert Moeller. So, uh, talking about again, uh, ordaining, decreeing evil by God. Here we go. God decrees the things that he wills and he doesn't will evil. But God ordains the circumstances of his decrees. And he allows evil for a purpose that will ultimately be greater as a greater good than we can understand. A greater good than an evil never happened. So in layman's term, Dan, what does that, uh, what is he saying there? Well, and, and I, I agree with him, Son. Uh, what, what Albert Moeller is basically saying is, is, is that God allows for evil. Uh, because God gave man free will, but but that does not mean that God uh, ordains evil. God God uh, ordains different circumstances that, that that we may be in. For example, God ordained that Adam and Eve would be in the garden. Uh, God ordained that Lucifer would be one of His uh, holy angels, a very top angel uh, created holy. That God ordained that. Um, God has ordained that we who are believers today, son, live uh, godly lives, okay? He's ordained that, uh, but he has, not, um, he has not decreed or, or determined that, that we will commit this sin at this point and this sin at this point, or that Adam and Eve would, would, would rebel against him at the point they did. Um, that, that fell within what, what we would call his, his permissive will in a sense not that he not that he um caused that to happen or or wanted that to happen or made that happen but but he put them in a situation uh where it was possible that it would happen and 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 this is what albert moeller is saying and, and for the life of me son i don't see how those who hold rc Sproul's position um can can truly believe that that brings glory to God. I think what Albert Moeller just articulated there in that clip, I, I think that's biblical. I think that brings great glory to God to look at it that way. Uh, I don't understand what possesses some Christians to feel, and not many, not many, by the way. Uh, not, not, I wouldn't even think probably many 
in, in the churches of those pastors or theologians who hold to that view. I mean, I, I would, I would kind of hope not. I, I hope there aren't too many uh, Christians out there who believe what R.C. Sproul was saying about um, uh, God's role in evil. Uh, and, 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 and yet I think there are a few theologians who have just taken it too far in their own mind and and uh, I think Albert Moeller did a very good job of explaining, you know, the way it really is. Yeah, and Dan, you know, we've been talking about uh, God ordaining evil or allowing it to happen. And you, you mentioned Job, and I just wanted to bring up a point real quick. You know, even when God, if people say ordained, or, you know, they use that kind of as a, an idea yeah. where they let yeah. Satan, you know, he lets Satan just have at it. He still put parameters. He still put limits on what Satan could do. He couldn't kill Job. And so even there, right. he, he put point, limits Don. on what Satan Good can point. do. So even, yeah. and so I think there, that did God ordain evil to happen? No, he allowed it because he allowed right. Satan to go after Job, but he still put right. limits on what Satan could do. And so if God would have ordained, yeah. then he wouldn't have had to put limits on Satan yeah. because God would have just made Satan do whatever, you know, God wanted yeah. him to do. Yeah. And so I think that shows, yeah. uh, to me, at least demonstrates the difference between being ordained yeah. or ordaining evil or allowing it to happen yeah. because God put a restriction yeah. on Job. Absolutely. And, and, and I think, Son, that that, and I'm so glad that you, uh, you thought of that point. I think that's a, a great reminder to us because I think that does fit what I said about it going first through the hand of God. Uh, be, be, because if you were to use that picture of God like, holding up his hand and only allowing, you know, certain things through. As you wisely pointed out there, son, God, God was saying, hey, you're not going to take his life. So that, that's off, off the table, okay? So if God takes something off the table, it's off the table. Now, if God allows something else to happen, then, you know, he, he's allowing it. But that doesn't mean he, he caused it or, or that somehow we as Christians need to feel like, well, we, we, we better say he ordained it or he won't get all the glory for it. I mean, what kind of thinking is that? Um, you know, uh, to me, that would fit more in line with, with the kind of thinking that, that man was created as a robot. Uh, but God didn't create man as a robot. And because we do have free will, um, then uh, there are going to be some good choices that are made and, and some bad choices that are made. Uh, and, and, and so, um, again, I just I would have to say that those hardcore Calvinists, I think, get it completely wrong on this issue of ordaining evil and also on the issue of um, what many have, have labeled double predestination, that God predestined some to heaven and God predestined some to hell. And, and, and before you were even, you know, uh, out of the hospital, you know, uh, as a baby, um, you know, hey, it's already been decided in heaven by God. Um, you're either going to come to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And, and if you're one of those, you're going to go to hell. Then, you know, there's nothing you can do about it because it's already been predetermined. I, I find that teaching to be highly offensive. Um, uh, I, I don't believe that, that anyone is, is outside of the opportunity um, to repent and believe the good news. And again, this isn't like to try to pile on, um, you know, certain Calvinists, because like I say, son, uh, you know, I hope that there aren't too many in, 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 the, in their churches that actually believe that, uh, you know, be, be, because um, Scripture is very clear, um, you know, that Jesus died once for all. Uh, I mean, there are verses that talk about how Jesus died not only for the sheep, but for the sins of the world. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I really appreciate, you know, Albert Moeller's, uh, that Southern Baptist perspective that he brought, and, uh, and I'm glad he was on that panel 
to be able to uh, address um, to address that. And, 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 and I don't think I asked you this on, but do you, you remember, was that quote then, was that given on that same panel then by him? Is that that same talk that you, you got you know, that clip from him on? It was just, it was an audio, an audio clip. So I'm not sure where, but it came from a question from an audience member. So I oh, know it, it was some sort of, you know, so it was a, a question that was then yes. asked to a panel and, and Moeller happened yes. to get it. Um, you know, even Perfect. John, even John Calvin, I think wrote that, you know, according to, you know, his response to Genesis, um, yeah. that the Lord declared that everything he had made was exceedingly good, okay? Yeah. And then it goes on to say that God, you know, this is John Calvin talking, God had put a stamp of approval on what had come forth, come forth from himself, meaning from God. And then he goes yeah. on to write, by his own evil intention then, man corrupted the pure nature that he received from the Lord, and then yeah. um, by his fall drew all his posterity unto him into destruction. So I even think John yeah. Calvin even wrote that, you know, recognized that even, you know, man by his evil intention, his own evil intention, uh, brought destruction upon himself. So I think even there in that kind of writing that he yeah. put out yeah. about um, Genesis even kind of yeah. bunks the fact that, you know, God didn't ordain evil. Man yeah. in his own intention and so God allowed that because of free will, free choice. We're not robots. Yeah. And so I think yeah. it is one of those things. And then one of the things I want to ask you is um, we've uh -huh. been talking about does God ordain evil? And we've talked yeah. about it before. Um, why doesn't God stop like COVID-19? Which brings yeah. me to the question, why is there evil? Why is there evil in the world? And I know there's many, 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 many answers probably that we can go on. It's probably a whole other conversation. But here's Ravi yeah. Zacharias that, uh, that had a comment about why evil yeah. could possibly exist in the world. And he was yeah. telling the story about a girl whose mother would pray every night that she feels pain yeah. because she had a condition where she feels no pain. So, for example, oh. you could, she could put her hand on a burner and she yeah. would feel no pain, and therefore yeah. she didn't have this alert system that something was wrong with her. So then he tried to correlate that to to evil, and so this was his comments yeah. about the potential for evil in this world. If in our finite existence we can see the role of pain to warn us that something is wrong, is it impossible for God in his infinite wisdom to allow pain in our lives to help us know that something is wrong. Pain is spelt with moral connotations in the human framework. That is because we are moral beings. Therefore, the answer has to come from within a moral spiritual framework as well. The question assumes moral reasoning, and that can only be assumed if God is in the paradigm, not, in paradigm, not outside of it. So to me, I took that as, you know, evil could exist because it tells us something's wrong and it doesn't yes. it doesn't disprove god or make god in a bad right. way it actually proves his because to recognize bad there has to be good and then yeah. to recognize yeah. good there has to be a moral authority and that moral right. authority right. is god and so therefore evil existing demonstrates to us that something is wrong a but then also proves the fact that god is the moral authority on goodness, yeah. and so therefore he yeah. he can't ordain evil because then you have you know chaos. Yeah, yes, no, I tell you absolutely, Sano. I thought that the most important word I thought it was a great uh, comment by Robbie Zacharias. The most important word I heard in that was the word allow, which again fits with everything that we're, we're saying today about how we understand the Bible to describe you know evil, whether it be Job, uh, whether it be uh, COVID nineteen, whether it be Adam and Eve. 
Um, and, uh, and, and I'm so glad you, you found that quote too on Calvin, because I think what that also helps to, to bring out, Son, it, it's really unfortunate in a way, and, and maybe I shouldn't even, you know, refer to, uh, you know, some of those folks as Calvinists, because Calvin then gets labeled as someone who perhaps didn't even take things as far as what a few in, in our modern day are doing with, um, with this teaching uh, under the name of Calvinism or Reformed teaching. Um, so I really was glad you, uh, you, you found that because, um, you know, uh, maybe Calvin himself didn't even believe what R.C. Sproul was, was espousing there. Uh, and I think probably in our day, you know, as, as strong uh, of biblical preachers and teachers as R.C. Sproul and, and John Piper have been, um, they seem to be among the strongest in, in advocating for this uh, idea that, that, that God ordains evil. Uh, and, and, and yet again, I wonder how many even in their congregation would, would be willing to go that far or, or, or who would prefer to maybe say it the way uh, John Calvin, you know, put it there in that quote you read, or, or maybe the way uh, Albert Moeller said it, or the way uh, Robbie Zacharias said it. So, um, yes, it, it's, uh, it's very good that we have so many Christians, whether it be Billy Graham, Albert Moeller, you know, uh, so many others who, um, who help us to see that, yes, God is in control, we certainly, as his children, are, are, are in his hands. Um, you know, I don't believe God, you know, COVID-19 didn't catch God off guard. Um, obviously, Job's suffering didn't catch God off guard. Uh, and, and, and we don't understand this, this side of heaven on why God allows certain things in certain lives. But as, as Ravi just beautifully pointed out, what if in the, in the beautiful wisdom of God, he's able to use that pain um, and, and, and draw us to him? And this is something, you know, C.S. Lewis, you know, talked about, and, and, um, you know, I believe it was, uh, you know, that, that important woman in his life who, who passed away, um, and, and it was very painful for him, and, and he's the one, uh, who, who I believe, uh, was quoted to have said, you know, pain is God's megaphone, and, and, and so, um, my goodness, son, if, if some, if some earthly pain, as hard as it is, if, if God can use that to draw us to him, uh, for eternity, then, then, uh, you know, who, who wouldn't be, be willing to, to have that happen in the short run, um, if that's the way that God needed to get our attention, uh, so that we would turn to him and repent and believe the good news. So, um, God is love, the Bible says, you know, God is not evil. God is good. God is love. Uh, there's nothing in the Bible that says God causes evil or ordains evil. Um, but God does ordain circumstances like the Garden of Eden where evil um, may, may happen uh, because of a choice, a wrong choice that God had no part in making. Uh, and even when God hardens Pharaoh's heart, okay, um, that was in response to, to uh, Pharaoh's own hardness. And, um, you know, we, we just want to be very careful that we don't attribute something to God that, that, that man is fully responsible for or that Satan had a hand in. And, uh, and, and so what a, what a mighty God we serve, what a loving God we serve, that we can trust him at all times, son. It's just beautiful that we can put our faith in the Lord, even during this pandemic, uh, whether a person maybe has lost a job or lost a loved one, uh, lost a spouse. Uh, you know, I mean, the hardest things in life that people go through, but we can still turn to the Lord uh, who is merciful 
and, and, and our God is loving and gracious and compassionate. And he sent his only son to die for our sins there on a cross as, as evil men killed him. But, but God used that and planned to use that and decreed that that would happen um, uh, for us and for our salvation. And God decreed that, and that's why we call it Good Friday. Um, it is not Evil Friday. It is Good Friday because good won out over evil. There was evil connected to that day, certainly, um, as, as sinners um, treated our Lord in such brutal fashion. Um, that was evil of them to do. But, but, but what, what they intended for evil, this is the Joseph thing now, what they intended for evil, God intended for good. So uh, we give God praise for that, that we're in his eternal family, son, and, and uh, anyone listening can call on the name of the Lord today, ask Jesus to forgive your sins, and, and he will do that, and you'll be in his family today, tomorrow, and forever. Just give him your heart, um, turn from sin, turn to Christ. Um, whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the, the free gift of the water of life. Uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And so uh, what, a, what a wonderful good news we've been given, son. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and that's the thing to remember. You know, we can oftentimes get caught up in theological debates, ideology debates, all these other debates. And mm-hmm. it really comes down to the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us. And that's all that's right. that we have to remember is except that. And we'll be That's saved, right. you know, and, and everything else then will eventually at some point in time will be revealed to us, you know, in eternity. Yeah. But um, yep. but sometimes it's fun to talk about. And it's, sometimes it's important because we do need to call to qu- call into question some of these things because it can lead people right. astray. And and real quick, a quick, quick, quick analogy. Um, yeah, I heard there. This was an example kind of what I heard a pastor say one time about the Pharisees and their laws and rules, which could relate to Calvin, like you mentioned, with the, getting to yeah. this extreme God ordained it. Uh, evil. Yeah. God says, don't touch a table. So the Pharisees yeah. come in and say, okay, we're going to put a rope around the table because we don't believe that you're going to be able to not touch the table. And then the yeah. next Pharisee comes on and says, well, you know what? People aren't going to abide by the rope. So we should say, just don't enter the room. And so right. then we're going to say, okay, don't even enter the house with the room, with the rope, with the table. And so what God says is, don't touch the table. Man turns into, don't even enter the house. And and then that becomes law, and God didn't even say that. So perhaps maybe with some of these things, did God ordain evil? Maybe it does get taken out of context over the years from what you know Calvin might say or somebody might say. And so we need to go back, and we need to check, yeah. and we need to reexamine these things That's to make right. sure that the point That's of right. what God had originally said isn't missed, because after all, that's more important what God says than what man creates and makes up in theology. Well, well, exactly. So I know I so appreciate your illustration there because I think what has happened over history is, is that, you know, Satan will try, you know, it's just like any time revival breaks out, you know, Satan is, is working and looking for a way to take what is very good and, and push it into something extreme and fanaticism. Uh, and, and, and so you often see this in the history of revival when the Holy Spirit begins to move powerfully and people are getting saved and coming under the conviction of sin and turning to the Lord. At the same time, you, you've also got sometimes some very fanatical things that are starting to crop up over here or there. And, and then sometimes, uh, you know, some of those things can really, um, really uh, start to mess some people up. Uh, because, again, you might think of those as like the high places 
So when, when things are operating at a very high spiritual level and the Holy Spirit is drawing people in, so also though the rulers, authorities, and powers of this dark world are working overtime to try to um, turn things into fanaticism. And, and, and so um, I, I think that we probably do have some theologians over the centuries, and maybe all of us to some extent as Christians, but, but you know, you, you can start to get so caught up in a very good doctrine, for example, uh, like uh, the sovereignty of God, but if you're not careful, you can be led astray, and, and, and you can think, that, well, I, I need to stress this so much that, um, that now you're starting to say something about it that's not biblical. And, I, and I'll give you a case in points on, um, you know, uh, Bill Johnson is the pastor of uh, Bethel Church in uh, Reading, Washington. Now, without going into all that today, and it'd be great to maybe talk about it here uh, this summer uh, in one of these uh, visits that we have, but, um, you know, uh, just in a nutshell, you know, he basically has um, turned his message into a gospel of unless you're physically healed, um, then it's really not good news. Just just the kind of the gospel that typically gets gets shared about eternal salvation, you know, without physical healing, it, it, it's it's not good news. And and I won't go into all that. I've been looking at some of that recently. But my point is, if you take something good. And then you, if you're not careful, you, you can start to go off onto a, a, a side detour, uh, and then all of a sudden you can start trying to turn it into some whole big doctrine that really messes people up. And like in that case, you know, it's just it, it's having you know new believers chase after signs and wonders when that is not to be the, the purpose of a new Christian. And the last quick point I'll make is, you know, maybe some of these uh, health and wealth prosperity preachers. Maybe they started out in a, in a decent place spiritually, and maybe they learned that, you know, hey, God does give financial blessings to his people, but when they weren't careful about their own personal greed, it, it led them to now all of a sudden start to make that the message. So um, we don't need another gospel. We don't need a prosperity gospel. We don't need a science and wonders gospel. Uh, we don't need a new uh, definition of the sovereignty of God, where now all of a sudden you are claiming that God is the author uh, of evil. No, no. People go astray, and sometimes even, you know, good Christian people go astray, and they push something way too far to the point where it's just not at all scriptural. So um, this is what I think has happened with um, some of these hardcore, I'll say reformed folks today, because maybe even Calvinism, I mean, they would fall under that too, but um, maybe reformed is a better way to say that. But even then, you, you know, you would hate for people to think, that, well, is that what the Reformation was about? Yeah, no, not, not at all. The Reformation was not about trying to declare that, you know, God is sovereign and he proves it by ordaining evil. So, uh, again, these are all extremes that, that man can come up with. And sometimes, I mean, hey, Martin Luther himself, look at how God used him. And yet toward the end of his life, son, um, you know, he, he wrote and said some things uh, about uh, Jewish people that was certainly not uh, something that, that, you know, anybody who, who loves the Lord would support. Now, you know, was he having a bad day? Was he, I mean, he, you know, he was angry that, that there were some Jewish people who weren't accepting Christ, but then, you know, it, it went way too far to, to the point where he committed sin in, in what he was doing. Now, does that discredit everything he did besides that? Well, no, you know, we're all sinners. But, but in those high places, when, when people are being used to the Lord, um, if we're not careful day by day, uh, we can go astray with our words or even our doctrine. And, and so as much as Martin Luther was used, um, you know, that doesn't mean everything he ever said or did was in line with, with what God wanted or was being led by the Holy Spirit. But, but certainly the main thing God did with him is help to, you know, get the focus on the gospel 
and and was and when he was at a better place, you know, in his life spiritually, um, you know, I, I, I'm convinced he was focused on that and and didn't have that that, that anger toward you know Jewish people who were who were rejecting Christ. Dan Delzell with us talking about did God ordain evil and um, Dan just appreciate the time thank you for the conversation look forward to next week when we'll actually be together in person doing the show I think that's gonna be a lot of fun and I can't wait to be out there and see you oh I, I can't wait for it either son and uh, yeah we'll be blessed to be there on the campus of the University of Nebraska and and uh, you know sharing some some thoughts with some folks there kind of on the street as it were on you know on campus and uh, so I, I sure look forward to it son and uh, so we'll uh, we will uh, be talking to you then And for those of you, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.